Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 18 with Kurt Bryson. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really excited to bring you Kurt Bryson today. Kurt is a former roommate of mine and a good friend. Right now, Kurt's sitting in front of me in the studio. He's back in the States for a little while, but planning to head back to his new home in Kenya. For the past two years, he's been working with SEEK, offering training programs and sharing the love of Jesus to everyone he meets. If you ever get the chance to meet Kurt in person, I recommend that you do. He's a great guy, and God's love flows through him like nobody's business. Okay, now I've given just a little bit of an introduction, Kurt. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and your ministry. We want to get to know you personally. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you said, I'm a, we're former roommates. You're, we're definitely part of my process through my salvation and being saved. God used you in a mighty way, and I'm happy to be here to do this interview. And uh, SEEK is uh, the Suba Environmental Education of Kenya, and we believe in... Uh, teaching biblical-based environmental education. And uh, ever since I've been saved, God's just called me to serve. And that's what I like to do. It's my default setting is serving. And it's not because of anything I do. It's all because of Christ. And that's what I love to do. Well, thanks for sharing that. And Kurt, you know, most of the people who are listening to the show are here in the States. Some of them have probably been overseas on a mission trip, but a lot of them probably haven't. So can you take just a second and paint us a little bit of a picture of what a day in the life looks like for you. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people that go on short-term mission trips think when somebody is a full-term missionary that they're constantly building houses or they're constantly building schools or they're constantly doing something like that every day. But when you're a full-time missionary, it's your life. And just like your life back home where you go to work every day, that's what I do every day. My job is at SEEK, and I go to work every day. And so what we do is we teach in different schools every week. We go to schools every single day and teach environmental education. We go to schools and do Bible studies. And we're doing this weekly. We're doing full-time ministry. But also, as a missionary, you have days off. I have weekends off sometimes. But some Saturdays I'm working. But we have, just like normal working hours here in America, we have normal working hours there in Kenya as well. 
That's a great insight. And now that we know you a little bit, Kurt, can you share with us maybe one key scripture or one motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior? Yeah, the scripture I've been living on for the past two years is is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. And Paul says, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except for Christ and Him crucified. And I've just taken that with me everywhere I go. When days are hard, I just remember Christ and Him crucified. And I try to take that light, take that verse with me everywhere I go. Because if I can just remember that on days I'm struggling and days that are good, I remember that scripture and it just, it just gets me through to the next day keeps me going and that's all I want to show to the people there in Mbita is to show them the love of Christ and the the sacrifice he made when he when he was crucified on the cross that's excellent Kurt and you've already alluded to the fact that not everything is easy you know everybody's life has challenges it's never just puppies and sunshine and unicorns as we get started we'd like to hear about a time in your journey when you encountered a significant challenge or a failure whether it was a time that your back was against the wall and you needed a breakthrough or maybe a time when you were praying for somebody else paint us that picture of god's faithfulness through the challenge well one of the hardest parts for me was the first month there was I was, I'd committed two years, and after the first month, I felt like, has it not been two years already? <laughs> it felt like I'd been there very long already, and, uh, you know, I went there alone. And one of my favorite things to do is fellowship with other believers and to go out and just hang out with other believers and talk about kingdom stuff, and instantly I realized I didn't have that there. And so what I had to really focus on was my alone time with God, was spending time and him being my friend and him being my my fellowship with him like he was sitting in the chair next to me when I was reading his word. And that's what really improved when I was there was my alone time with God. And uh, that's what I had to seek because I didn't have, you know, when, when I would hang out with the Kenyans, they'd speak their language and I didn't know it. Yeah, and so I had to spend that alone time with God, and when that's the way I got through any challenge was I just went back to my quiet place and I sought Him in everything I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now we're going to go ahead and move to the other end of the spectrum because, as you've also already alluded, not only are there challenges in our Mm -hmm. lives, but there are also those moments when God really drops some revelation on us that it's almost like the heavens open and He reveals something to us or we see Him in a different way. Mm -hmm. Can you take us to a time in your journey when that happened? Take us back to that moment when God revealed something new to you. Well, I had a a great moment happen and um, I don't want to like when I tell this story, I don't want to be bragging on myself, but I just, we went on this mission where we would go out on a weekend and we'd sleep in tents and we minister to a little village. And so I was praying about the mission before I went and God just revealed to me that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's in his word. And so I, I went on this mission and told, felt in my spirit I was going to pray for anybody I saw limping anybody I saw hurting and so that's what I did the whole weekend and they brought this young lady to me who was pregnant with her first baby mm-hmm. and her and her husband were seemed really worried she was starting to hurt and so I instantly fell to my knees and put my hands on her belly and started praying and that's really not something you do in Kenya, but I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me to do that. So I did that. 
And so then I stood up and I could see the worry on her face. So I put my hands on her head and I prayed for her, for her mind, to God, to ease her mind. And um, they just left, which was, you know, I was like, cool. Yeah. Well, I prayed for them and they left. Well, a guy comes the next morning and tells me that two hours later she had a perfectly healthy baby boy. <laughs> and they wanted the spelling of my name because they named the baby boy Kurt Bryson. <laughs> so, like, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that when we go through life and we just pray about everything, we invite God into every situation. It's just like before every meal, we invite Him into our meal. We inv- we inv- we bless the food. We if we do that with everything, our days, our our lives, every single thing. If we add God, if we invite Him in with the, with prayer and His Word, He's He's faithful and He will do it and He will show up. And that's that's the way I tried to live there for the last two years. Wow. Now we've we've heard about a challenge. We've heard about a, a moment of significant revelation where God showed you something that literally shaped how you walked for a few days, and I think has probably shaped a good portion of how you've walked the rest of your time there in Kenya. We'd like to move now to the present day. Can you share something that's going on currently with your ministry, or maybe something that you see coming in the future? Well, it's, you know, I've been back for about a week and a half now, and it's been a significant time of rest, which I needed. I was I was tired, and I was ready to come home for a little while. And the future I see in Kenya is um, something I've, I've kind of fell into my lap was helping kids there who, who don't receive school fees. Um, for them, they am, uh, school is very expensive. School is not free in Kenya. We don't. They don't have public school in Kenya, and it ranges from two hundred dollars a year to a, anywhere over to a thousand to two thousand. Wow. Which maybe not maybe don't sound like too much here, but for them, it's very expensive. And in the county I live in, eleven percent of kids get to go to high school. Eleven percent. And so a lot of them, when they finish grade eight, are either out driving a motorcycle for a living, they go on the lake to start fishing, which is Lake Victoria, or they, mm-hmm. you know, or girls, they, they start to prostitute because they have no other means to make money. And they're, they're prostituting not just to make money for themselves, but to make money to go to school later on. Kids, not, it's not, it's not a mud weird to see kids graduating at 23 years old because they get sent home because they have to keep trying to pay for school fees. Mm-hmm. And so God has put in my heart to to fight for these kids and to and to try to help them not only get school fees but to earn them. They come and work at the base and they earn the fees. They're not just given money. Right. Well that's not what we believe in. We believe in, in kids earning it. And that's and that's what God's put in my heart and that's that's the future I see for myself in uh in Mbita, Kenya. And so that's something that you're able to do with the ministry that's already there. It is, and we am a, we, we we disciple these kids as well. It's not about numbers. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking to get 500 kids sponsored if I can only tell you 10 of their names. Right. So we don't go above 20. We keep it at 20 because we're discipling these kids' life, and not only are are we discipling their life, we're discipling the families as well. And so we even. About five of our kids, five of their moms are in our widows program as well. Oh wow! So it's not just the kid that's getting; it's the mom that's getting; it's the kid under her that's getting it. And so the whole family's being discipled. That's great. Now, 
we know that not everybody's called to full-time vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Our audience is made up primarily of the people who live in the U.S. and who are called into the marketplace. They care about missions, but they don't mm-hmm. necessarily call, feel called to missions. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's called to the marketplace but's wondering if what they do in business really matters in the kingdom? Well, when you carry the light of Christ everywhere you go, you're somewhat of a missionary. You know, I t- what I tell people is, I was a missionary way before I went to Kenya because I carried Christ everywhere I went. You know, we have many friends at our church that are missionaries, but they've never been on a mission trip. Yeah. You know, people, in my opinion, anybody that carries the light of Christ everywhere they go, and they go there for and tell people about Christ, they're doing missions. They're just because they're not overseas doesn't mean they're not doing mission work. I was doing mission work here at Community Servants before I ever left. Yeah. And so, and that's what I tell people. I, I was a missionary before I went to Kenya. I didn't earn that title while I was there. I earned it before I left. <laughs> yeah. And so, that's my opinion. And I certainly know that's true in your life. As I've mm. watched you over the years, I've definitely seen that yeah. in you. Um, now, I'm also sure that there are some people listening who are currently supporting missionaries, either financially or in mm. prayer. If somebody's already doing that, but they really want to level up their game, what's mm-hmm. just one thing they can do to step up their game to encourage or support a missionary? Well, I think one thing they can do is, is getting the word out about the, what the missionary they're supporting is doing and like actually learning what they're doing. Because you know, I've seen people that that give money, but they're just giving it because it's something nice to do. But they can't tell you what the person's doing. So actually taking the time and learning what the person is doing and being able to promote what they're doing and to draw attention to to the kingdom stuff. Because, you know, you watch the news and all you see is bad stuff. (laughs) It's all the horrible stuff you see. And they might end the news on a feel-good story. Right. But it's all the stuff that depresses you all the way till then. But if people are supporting missionaries and support what they do, they could be promoting back home what, what's going on across the world. Because we, we we got ourselves a little American bubble here. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, it's, I liked it. Everybody's where they're at because God called them there. It, it, you know, as a Christian, we believe that. Right. <clears throat> and so, but sometimes we just kind of get caught in our bubble and we forget there's there's other countries out there and there's great things going on. And so there's a lot of bad things in Kenya right now. A lot of people on the news, all you hear about is the terrorist activity. Mm -hmm. You hear about Al-Shabaab, and you hear about the mall attack. Mm -hmm. And you hear about these people that are are persecuting Christians. But there's a lot of great things going on as well. And it's hard to get through that through the national news. And so what we need as missionaries is people who are promoting that within the church, people who are telling non-believers about stuff that's going on across the world, the good things about Kenya, and not just this terrorist stuff. And so I think with them promoting it and actually learning what they're supporting and not just kind of just saying, okay, let me throw some money at that. That sounds, that'll make me feel good. Right. But actually know what they're supporting would, would be a great big help to missionaries around the world. Yeah, what you shared reminded me very much of um, what two of my former guests shared. Um, Autumn Kerr said that one thing that you could do is to uh, to be an advocate. Uh, Autumn mm-hmm. is the she runs an organization here in Nashville called Visiting Orphans, and they mm-hmm. go around to orphanages and hold babies and help that mm-hmm. way. And then also Denise Pineros, who's uh, in Ecuador, said that 
being connected, not just being sort of a one and done, you know, a one-time gift, but actually investing in a ministry over the long haul and not just money. So that right. speaks directly to the things that you're sharing. Yeah, there's a there's a school across that Don and Nancy Richards started, who who also are the founders of Seek, called CGA, which is Christ Gift Academy, and they have all the kids in the whole school are supported by a sponsor, either from America or somewhere else, mm-hmm. and they have. The sponsors will come visit once a year and actually see what's going on. Wow! And I think that'd be good for anybody. You don't. It's not. You don't have to be a full time machine, but come actually see what you're supporting. Yeah, that'd be great if you could raise the money and do that. <laughs> yeah, and you know that also reminds me of. I think maybe one of the easiest ways for people to start stepping into uh, investing in the kingdom globally mm-hmm. is to invest in a child. Yeah. Um, you know, Catherine, my wife, and I do that we support a couple of children and one of the things that's been cool for us is that connection with the kid mm-hmm. even if it's just a letter every two or three or four months you know whenever they come it's that chance to pray for them every day mm-hmm. to care about them even from a distance mm-hmm. you know we're not replacing their parents we're right. not we're not replacing the work of god in their life all we're doing is trying to partner with mm-hmm. what god's doing so it, it means the world to them yeah it does you don't know what it does for their life yeah so now we're going to go ahead and lighten it up a little bit. I didn't actually expect it to get this deep this quickly, but we're going to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This right. is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us with your amazing answers. All right, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. So what's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? One thing I wish I would have known. I, <laughs> I wish I would have known um, uh, how much I would have missed cold drinks <laughs> and ice. <laughs> Yeah, I've missed cold drinks and ice a lot. That was a pleasure when I got to go to a city and actually have a cold water. <laughs> yeah. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was from my missions pastor named Bruce Coble. And he told me, whatever happens over there, do not go back hating America. Because God has everybody where they're at for a reason. And he, that's what he told me. He said, do not go back hating America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you share one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to the success you've seen? Oh, reading my word every morning. The first thing I do when I wake up is, well, first I have coffee. <laughs> but then I read my word and pray every single morning. And I I, I've, I know people have said it before, but I notice a difference in my day when I don't. Yeah. And I have to stay, I have to stay in God's word every single day. It has to start that way. Yeah. Now, normally at this point, I ask for an internet resource that you can mm-hmm. share with our listeners, but I also know that you've had really <laughs> limited internet access. Uh, so, is there any one resource that you'd recommend to our listeners? Oh, I, to be honest, I don't really have one. Okay. I am, a, like you said, I use a modem. Yeah. I can't watch video. It's not fast enough. And so, it's, um, it's but that's been hard, not staying connected. That's another yeah. one of the things that's been hard. But... I really am, you know, the only thing I've used as resources is, is Facebook and email. Yeah. It's the only thing fast enough where I can use it. Yeah, I did want to mention that, you know, looking at you, you've done a really good job of staying connected from what I see mm-hmm. with the people that that you know and love already using Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've done a great job with that. Well, I have a, a great church backing me too, so, and they am um you know, I actually send the newsletter to someone, and they they send it out a hard copy for me because I couldn't get the WordPress to work. 
Yeah. So it's it's great people are surrounding me back home. Yeah. <laughs> What's one book that you'd recommend for our listeners? Well, I, one of the greatest books I read before I went was When Helping Hurts, which I'm probably sure you've heard that one before. Yeah. And there's another great one called Foreign to Familiar. Okay. And it's it's a short read. You can read it in three, four days if you're a slow reader. And it's a great read on like how to learn like how different cultures work. Because when you get there, things are going to be different. You might not think they are. You think you can learn it quick. <laughs> But it's severely different. And it doesn't mean one culture's wrong and one culture's right. It just means it's different. Because, you know, we, we like to think we're right. Everybody likes oh, to think yeah. they're right. And so in Kenya, they go to church for five to six hours every Sunday. Here in America, we're hour, hour and a half if it's a long church. Right. And so, and you know, they think we're crazy because we only go that long. And we think they're crazy because they're long. They go that long. Right. But they're not right or wrong. We're not right or wrong. It's just different. Yeah. And so foreign, foreign to familiar helped me out. Reading that book before I went really helped me with that. Okay. That's good. Yeah. And for those who are listening, uh, th- these will all be linked up at engagingmissions.com slash Kurt Bryson. And that's Kurt with a C. Uh, now, Kurt, we're going to go ahead and go a little bit <clears throat> deeper again. All we're right. going to focus a little bit on some of your perspective as sort of a pseudo outsider now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get a little bit of ministry advice from you. It's, this is our chance to learn from yeah. your experience. What would you tell someone who's living in the U.S., whose neighbors and coworkers are now from a country that used to be considered missionary ter- territory? Mm-hmm. Well, I would I would suggest that they get to know them. I mean, in America, the the trend now is you know you sit inside, you got a thousand channels, and nobody knows their neighbor anymore <laughs> because you got so much to do inside. But uh, instead of like just kind of doing the the friendly wave every once in a while get to know them learn about their culture ask them about their food I mean just even on the way back we, we did a safari and I met a there was a family from Australia there and I was asking them all kinds of questions about Vegemite and, all, <laughs> like, and they had some so I got to try Vegemite but what you'll find out is most of these cultures are very in the book Foreign to Familiar they're hot cultured and that's not talking about temperature and what they mean by hot cultured is like they're very friendly, they're inviting. If you come into their house, they're going to give you food even if you don't ask for it because that's the way they're brought up. Yeah. And so a lot of these, these, these countries that are missionary territories, they're very friendly people and they love to have people in their house. And I would suggest just going by, introducing yourself and just getting to know them because most, most of them are very friendly people. Now, Kurt, you might have actually already jumped ahead and answered the next Oops. question. No, that's <laughs> fine. Um, if somebody's realized that they have a neighbor or a coworker who's from a, another culture, but they want to start ministering and discipling them, ministering the love of Christ, what's one thing they can do just to get started? Well, introducing yourself and, and talking to them. And it's not about, you know, I think most Christians know it's not about throwing the Bible in their face. Because we, I can sit here and tell you about Christ until I'm blue in the face. But if you don't see it in my actions in my life, it means nothing. Yeah. And so allowing them to see you walk it out daily. Let them see Christ before you even actually mention Christ. And they, they'll, they'll want what you have. They'll be like, how... Like, you, you always seem like, you, you know, we Christians, we don't always have it together. <laughs> but, you know, we do know where our hope lies and where our help comes from. 
And so when you when you live it out with your actions and not just your words, people will see it in you, and, it, and it's attractive. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to do it. Okay. Now, this last one's a little bit tricky. Imagine you woke up tomorrow in a brand new country. You don't know anybody, and it's your first day of ministry. You have all your experience and all your knowledge. You have your food and shelter covered, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do for the next seven days? Wow. Hmm. Me? I watch. I'm a watcher. I'm a people watcher. And for the first six months of my, my trip, my, my mission in Kenya, I watched and I learned. And I learned the culture. And I learned people. The same thing happened with me as a Christian. I used to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> when I went on my first mission trip to Kenya in 2009 for two weeks, there was a guy named Frank Soper and mm -hmm. Pastor Bruce Coble. And I'd see him talking, and I would just go pull up a seat next to him and not say a word. And just listen and watch and learn. And so what I've done there is I did that for six months. And that's when I saw the need for the school fees. And I asked if I could take over. Yeah. Because I watched and I learned. I didn't come in there with my own ideas. I didn't come in thinking I know better than them. I came and learned them and learned their culture and got to know the people. Yeah. And so that's my suggestion with anything. It's just... You know, sometimes we want to go in all gung ho, and this is what we have to do. We got to do this. We got to do that. But sometimes you got to sit back and you got to learn. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta get to know these people. And so if I have just that seven days, I would spend time learning, because you know if you put pressure on yourself to get it done, it's it turns into being about you and not about God. Right. And so. Now, Kurt, <laughs> we're we're almost done. Would you share with us one last piece of advice and the best way for someone to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Um, well, the best advice I have for anybody on the, going on the mission field is to be a missionary now. Is to start living it out now and not say, well, I'll just do this when I get to the mission field. Mm -hmm. You have to live it out in your life now. If, if you look at Matthew chapter 10, Jesus has given instructions to the disciples when they're going out. But he says, just go to your Jewish brothers and sisters first. But then you skip to 28, and he's telling you to go to all nations. Right. You see, he was discipling them to do it at home first. He's mm -hmm. like, just do it here now. And then later on, I'm going to send you on to all nations. He didn't tell them that. But he was discipling them. Hmm. So for anybody that's looking to get in missions is, is to start living it now. Not say, oh, well, I'm going to be a missionary one day. I'll start living a missionary life then. No, you prepare now for tomorrow. And so, and the best way to get a hold of me easily is, is Facebook. Okay. <laughs> and it's C-U-R-T space B-R-Y-S-O-N, Kurt Bryson. Okay. <laughs> and can I go ahead and include that as a link in the notes? That's okay, yeah. All right. Now, Kurt, thanks so much for making the time to be here with us today. I really appreciate your time and your generosity. Thanks for having me, man. It was awesome. It was a pleasure. <laughs> That's the end of our time with Kurt Bryson. I'm really thankful that he was able to be with us today and to share all of the stories that he shared. As I mentioned before, you'll find the resources and links to all of the websites and things we talked about at the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Kurt Bryson or slash 18.
If you enjoyed the show, it would mean a whole lot if you would stop by and give us a rating and review on iTunes. And you can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. Even if you've never left a rating and review before, it's not that hard. And I've actually got a video there to help you walk right through it. We know that one of the most important things we can do as believers is to hide God's word in our hearts. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with that. That's why I'm so happy with what my friends Mike and Nacelle Preby are doing at Memory Peel. Using some really cool technology, they're putting a brand new twist on writing God's word on the doorposts of our houses. Or, in their case, making it so that we can put some key verses in places we'll see every day, like our mirrors. Check out what they're doing at engagingmissions.com peel and use the promo code ENGAGE at checkout for a special discount off your very first order. That's engagingmissions.com slash peel. If you're looking for a way to ease into involvement in foreign missions, you might consider sponsoring a child through Compassion International. While the financial commitment is small, it is very meaningful. And you'll also have the opportunity to pray for a specific child every day, to write and receive letters, and to learn more about the culture that your sponsored child lives in. My wife and I sponsor a child through Compassion, and it's been great for us. I'm really looking forward to the day that our children can understand what we're doing so that they can carry God's compassion for others in their hearts. Visit engagingmissions.com compassion to find out more. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.